ooh, ooh, I have a good castle story. Can I tell my castle story? Yeah. Okay. Ooh, it's so good. Hello and welcome to episode 49ers of the Unrenowned Podcast, where we talk about Siege, what we like about Siege. What we are uh, um, not loving about Siege. I try to think of something new every you time. definitely I, said that before. I said not loving already? I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. And this is episode 49, or as we like to call it, episode 49ers. Because we're 49ers Shout out fans. to uh, San Francisco 49s. Hopefully next year they'll be decent. Next year they won't, but the year after that. They have a chance. Give them some time. Um, so, guess what, guys? It's Pro League week. What's uh, what's happening this this week? Pro League finals? So No. So, no. Pro League finals is different than all this. It, pro- it really doesn't make sense. It's just a major. Yeah, it's just a major. Okay. Raleigh major. That's what's happening this week. Yes. They're really more exciting for, I think, a lot of us is the fact that they are doing the new season reveal, which is called Operation Ember Rise. Yes. As we have just recently found out. Yes. So as we previously stated, uh, the Raleigh Major Finals will be on the 18th, Sunday the 18th. And so we are very likely to have a reveal of the new season, which you said was called what? Ember Rise. We are going to have the reveal. Have they specifically announced that? Yes. Okay. Cool. So that's coming soon. We'll do a little bit of speculation on what's coming and what we're hoping for and all that stuff because that's always fun. Um. Any other major topics for today, or is that pretty much it? I mean, that's it, Ryan. I had an exciting week this week. Okay, tell me about it. So we choked some games in ranked this week. One of them specifically, we attacked the wrong objective. Yeah, I was. You funny. remember that? So we were <laughs> there. We are on Clubhouse. We're tied four four, getting close, and here we are attacking cash for two minutes. We go to plant and cash, and the diffuser just drops, and we're like, "Wait, what?" No, it was in bedroom the whole time. And we spent two minutes of the round attacking cash. And now it's 45 seconds left, 3v5, and we have nothing on the actual objective. Yeah. So that sucked. And you know why I actually lost that one? Because you're bad? No, because my uvula is too big, Ryan. <laughs> Gosh. So I went to the doctor this week because there's something stuck in my throat, okay? It's been stuck in my throat for like three weeks. The doctor goes, oh, wow. And I was like, what's oh, wow? That can't be good. He goes, your uvula is really large. And I was like, what? And he's like, that's the largest uvula I've ever seen in my life. It's like, you're going to have to go get that trimmed by an ENT. So that is why I lost that round. An abnormally I, large uvula. Yeah, if you don't know what took, the uvula is, it's the little like bulbous shaped structure in the back of your Yeah, it hangs throat. from the top of your mouth and by your throat. Yeah. So, I mean, it was taking too much blood flow from my brain. <laughs> and that's why we lost that round. Does that explain all of your life to this point? Uh, it does not. Too however. much blood flow from the brain. Okay, I do have one piece of follow up that I wanted to get to. I meant to talk about this last week, but I forgot. Um, so two episodes ago, we were talking about the game editions and how they were very confusing and it didn't make sense. So what actually happened was they made a change and then they reverted it after they dropped the starter edition. So back in the day they unlocked all of the original operators for everybody mm-hmm. uh, except for um, starter edition people. They still had to do it the hard way or whatever. Um, and then they restructured the offerings that they have for the game, dropped the starter edition, 
And I think what they did for the starter edition people is they gave them all of the starter operators or or they set it to where they could unlock them with regular amounts or something like that. So they did away with starter edition, upgraded all those people to basically standard edition. And the standard edition sort of reverted back to now you have to unlock what they call the legacy operators, which are the original operators, the original 20. 20? Yeah. Yeah. You had to unlock those via the same progression that existed when the game first came out, which I think is 50 renowned for the first one of each CTU. 500. And, oh, 500. Oh, yeah, yeah, 500. yeah. Sorry. 500 for the first one of each CTU, then 1,000 for the next, 1,500 and 2,000 for the final. Right. So to unlock all of each CTU costs you 6,000? 35, 45, 5,000. 5,000. Two plus ones, three and 15. Yeah, 5,000. Um. Which is actually a pretty decent rate, right? To unlock them. 5,000 mm-hmm. renown is nothing. To unlock all, all 20, there's what, five CTUs? Yeah. So all 20 would take you 25,000 renown, which is the cost of one DLC operator right. in their first year at this point. Um, so they've made lots of changes to the pricing of all those things. But anyway, when they made that change, I don't think we had started the podcast when they made the original change that you got them all for yeah, free. Original, correct. No. But we did talk about it. Uh, at one point and that we basically said like i think that's a bad way at least i said I'm, I'm not sure if you agree i think that's a bad way for them to do it where they're all unlocked when you open the game because then you just have no like time to learn any particular operator because right, right? you're just picking a bunch of different ones exactly and even if it's just like a few matches because if you're you know if you're playing decent you're getting 250 renown per match or so right right so pretty quickly you'd be unlocking new operators like every every couple games you could unlock the first one out of each ctu and then the situations at the beginning give you what like two thousand there's yeah you can get a bunch from those if you get all the challenges I'm yeah not and sure then i think the you start amount, but i think you start with a certain amount of renown or you get to unlock yeah op- operators to start with or something so so like pretty quickly you could get a stable of like 10 guys right yeah um and all you really need to start off is just sledge dock rook totally and thermite maybe thermite, yeah thatcher yeah just a, just a few like really basic you know generic not generic but you know kind of the standard pick operators yeah. are, are like really great for new beginners and so like i'm actually really glad they made this change to go back where you have to unlock those as you go because i think it it really helps uh have the right progression and have like have time to to understand the operators that you have and learn them and and then get to know them and everything. Right. We were just talking about this week how, well, so I have a alternate account on PC that I originally bought like around Christmas time. Cause it was like 12 bucks for siege. So I just bought it because like I wanted to play ranked alone and just be able to not worry about like losing in ranked or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I could solo queue and I just haven't done it because I just haven't gotten it to level 30 yet. It's like level 15 or something. But we were talking about like, really, I don't care that I don't have all the operators because all I care about is like having the legacy ops and like Valkyrie, Buck, Capitao, right? Like just a handful super of people simple you play. Legion. Like there's only a couple that I really need to be right. honest. Right. Like I don't need all the new ops and stuff. So it's like even getting an alternate account at this point for an experienced player isn't like the worst thing in the world. Totally. Like obviously on your main account you'd like to have them all because you'd like to have your options or whatever. But mm-hmm. I like I think yeah like all of us like at least everybody who's like at our level of have played this game a ton we've all figured out who we like and it's like you know at this point i really only need eight operators yeah and i would be totally fine yeah you know going forward um last piece to cover on that is that 
all the special editions that they sell right now. So like the gold edition, the premium edition or something like that. Ultimate deluxe. edition, deluxe. Okay. Yeah. Deluxe edition. All of those instantly unlock the year one operators, which is a really weird choice to me because essentially what that does is you first start the game. Say you buy the deluxe edition or the gold edition. Mm-hmm. You first start the game and the operators you have are Frostbuck, ba- Valkyrie, Blackbeard, Echo, Hibana, and Kavira, Capital. Yeah. Those are your starting operators, which just seems really strange to me. Mm-hmm. And it also seems like you're not covering any of the bases of like, I guess Hibana is a hard breacher, but like your basic hard breach, your basic like, you know, your sledge and your, yeah. your Jaeger, like you're not covering like all these like basic operations of siege. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's really strange. Yeah. That's so I bought the deluxe edition when I got it on Xbox because I just wanted the year one ops unlocked then my base game ops. That's what I thought it would be. Uh-huh. It, it wasn't. And so I was like, I went into a game and all I had was the year one ops. So I was like, I guess this is fine. Cause I'm just like, I play Buck and Valkyrie all the time anyway. And, like, I'll play Cappy Chouse. Like, this works. But I was like, this is weird, though. Like, I can't play Thermite. I can't play Thatcher. I can't play Twitch. I can't play IQ. Can't play Doc. <laughs> like, what do I do? Yeah. It's it's very it strange out. to not have the the regular stable of operators. Yeah. But I'm actually thinking about buying an alt for myself on PC. I have it on Xbox, but I think I'll get an alt on PC as well for the same reason that you did. Because primarily, like, I like to be able to play with anybody you know, and to play ranked and not be like, ah, well, you're like a bronze and I don't, really don't want to like kill my rank. I'm, we're trying to get platinum here. you like, you know, Which, so I don't really want to play with you. And soon enough, there will be, I mean, next season, there's going to be the MMR like distance that you can match with someone. So you may not even be able to match with your bronze player. Sure. Sure. Um, but anyway, like that, that's a problem I'd like to solve because I like to be able to play with anybody like, and I can have fun playing with anybody, but it's frustrating right. when you care about the rank that you have right. and you're losing because you're playing with people who aren't quite as experienced. Right. So I think I will do that soon. Um, one other piece of follow-up. So we had a question, I think last week, about mm-hmm. uh, that Siege would soon be ditching uh, loot boxes loot, becoming illegal. I guess alpha packs or, or, yeah, alpha packs or what we're talking what about in, in Siege's context. Uh, and that like things might that they might be ruled illegal in several countries or whatever, and I was kind of like, uh, I don't see that happening. And then all of a sudden, Psionics announces no more loot boxes in Rocket League, which is a major game that has had a lot of success with loot boxes. I think. Yeah, um, I've, I've spent ten dollars on loot boxes in Rocket League. I don't think I spent any money on Rocket League just because you get so much stuff for free. Yeah, that's true. You do, and if you like, play a lot. And the thing is, like, I don't know, it's so weird for me because, like, I play a lot of Rocket League, but for some reason, I don't really care at all how my car looks. Yeah. Like, it's it's so weird. Like, like what I did for a long time was anytime I unlocked something, I would just equip it. So I just get, like, this totally random, <laughs> random car. Uh, and then I've, I've sort of settled on a style a little bit, but, like, I've seen, like, really cool cars in Rocket League, and I'm always like, oh, that's really cool. But I, it never drives me to, like, oh, I should design my car. Yeah, really I nice. want, yeah. But anyway, the point is... uh. Rocket League had sort of a, a two-pronged way of doing this. So originally, when the game first came out, I guess a few months later, they introduced your basic loot crate, right? Where you, mm-hmm. you get these loot crates as you play, and then you have to buy keys or whatever to unlock them. Um, and you could sometimes earn keys for free with certain events or whatever. Um, and then maybe like a year ago, they introduced uh, the Rocket Pass. Yeah. what it's called? So the Rocket Pass is similar to Fortnite's Battle Pass. I think some other games have similar things. 
where you know you level up throughout the season and as you level up you hit these like landmark levels that get you things and you can play pay for a premium version of that where you unlock more things that are locked behind this paywall right so it's a little bit less of a predatory slash gambling version of selling stuff but it is a thing where like you can see that you would have unlocked these things if you just paid the money right so i think it's 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 like hitting a nice balance point there right where it gives some enticement for to sell sell things so they can make some money but also it's a little bit more fair and that you don't spend eighty dollars trying to get that one thing you wanted Mm -hmm. um and and this isn't as bad as like the like the legislation that's trying to come out is yeah attacking loot boxes right because they don't want people to spend like a bunch and bunch of money just to get the one thing that's random it's really the pay to win games that have like you buy this and all of a sudden you're way better at the game like that's trash that is a trash game mostly mobile games yeah like you said mobile games it's straight trash and should not exist so i'm glad that like legislation is coming out to be like no you can't do that like good thank you tell them they can't be stupid with your dumb game no I mean, yeah, like, to be honest, I don't know how I feel about legislation attacking it. I like, I think the government should be less involved in things like that, especially when it's like, this is stuff you don't have to have. You just it's shouldn't true. buy it. Right. Um, but, but at the same time, but, it's yeah. so stupid that it shouldn't work, but it does work because it does make the money and they don't care. Well, and the reason it works is because people engage with it, right? And so, yeah. like, if you don't like it, don't engage with it, and then it'll eventually go away. Yeah. Or it won't. Yeah. Um. I mean, people have hated microtransactions since they became a thing, and they're not going anywhere. Well, I mean, yeah, we have seen, you know, companies like EA really take a big hit over certain games doing it poorly. Battlefront 2 really, really tanked. And people, I think, liked the game overall, but they just really took it too far. So you can definitely take it too far where people will just rebel. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I just thought that was interesting that that's happening in Rocket League, which, uh, P.S., if you didn't know, Psyonix was recently purchased by Epic Games. So Epic owns them, and shortly after that happened, the microtransactions disappeared, and we went to straight up the Fortnite model of Battle Pass, Yep, which is kind of interesting. Um, random shout out to Windows for deciding to restart my PC without my permission to work on updates. Did you? <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. In the middle of a podcast. I'm glad it wasn't mine, because mine's the one that records stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm, I can still look at Ryan's. We have a TV, so I'm looking at what Ryan's PC's on, but... Mine's been down now for like five to ten minutes. Yeah. Just ran out of nowhere. That's, uh, they fixed Nothing. that like a little while ago and then it's like they undid fixed the with fix. Air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. It was whatever. Screw you. Windows is so bad about that stuff. And the problem is it's like, it's not like it ever gave me a prompt like restart your PC soon to update because I just haven't started my laptop in like a week. Yeah. I don't need it. I'm not in school. So as I open it up and it's like, oh, I'm restarting now. And I'm like, no. I did not give you that permission time. to do yeah, that. No permission was given. Okay. But it happened. Shall we talk about uh, the Raleigh Major a little bit? Yeah, let's talk about the Raleigh Major. So So we normally don't really cover Pro League that much, but a lot of people have expressed interest in us doing so, and I will 100% admit that I am not very well-versed on Pro League, but a very kind uh, member of our Discord community and just overall unrenowned community named Toronto Will wrote us a little summary of what's happening at the Raleigh Major and why it's important or exciting or whatever. Um, And so we'll go over that a little bit. I guess one thing I would like to talk about first is the Smoke Elite skin was perhaps accidentally revealed. Yeah. So someone played it on um, 
the match with Ninjas in Pajamas versus uh, Evil Geniuses. They played Smoke, and you saw the Smoke Elite for like a little bit. He has actually a pretty cool shotgun skin. It's okay. It's not like super cool, but the casters thought it was like the coolest thing they'd ever seen in the game, which they must not have seen like Valkyrie's Deagle skin. I mean, but, there's plenty of amazing looking yeah, skins. Yeah, it was game. not as cool as they were making it up to. But anyway, they only played it for one round. The next round, they didn't play the Smoke Elite anymore. So it's, yeah. it's there. It is what we saw and what we incorrectly called the Thatcher Elite last episode. Um, yeah, sorry about that. But the suspicion is that that player, even though the skin is in the land build, the player wasn't supposed to be yeah, using, using it, it. So, yeah. because it hadn't been revealed yet. But, but he did. I actually think it's really cool. I don't like it. Has, I, I'm very like picky when it comes to elite skins. I don't like a lot of them. There's like I like Frost. I like Twitch, Doc, Sledge. And that's Blackbeard. Blackbeard is pretty cool. Blackbeard is good. And I like, uh, what's the one? Legions. I think like Legions. I don't like Legions like overlay thing but i like a skin ashes is okay but i don't like a lot of them i am just very picky when it comes to that and i especially hate bandits and smokes so yeah i i i don't think i hate many of them as much as you do and i think i like some that you don't like um but i will say that most of the elites i've seen better skins for those operators and one thing i really don't like about the elites is that you can't equip just one piece of it yeah. you know what i mean like yeah i, ju- I just want the gun skin Maybe you can do the gun skin separately. I don't know. But, but it's like, I just want the headgear. Like, like, I love the right. headgear, but I hate the uniform. You can't do that. Right. Because like, you can't mix, like, Thatcher's elite skin with, like, the cool Thatcher, like, yes. Tron headgear. Freaking give me the LED headgear. I love it. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. So, that's smoke. Well, I'm sure we'll see that actual reveal that will be long in before reveal. our yeah. next episode. So I'm excited to see what the applause is to that one. Because, like, the Twitch chat, when someone, like, used it, was, like, Half of it was like, oh, cool. And the other half was like, this is the worst skin I've ever seen in the game. <laughs> so I'm excited to see like how people react to that when it's revealed. I don't think revealed. there will be much reaction because one wasn't already well, We already saw it, yeah. And two, so. yeah, and two, we've seen it here. So I hope it's a boo, though. That would be great. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> I would feel yeah. good. I'd feel bad, but it'd be funny. Um, um, okay, so let's jump into the Raleigh Major just a little bit. So I guess the teams that are competing, um, if you're interested in that, uh, they're separated into groups. And so Group A is Team Empire, Nora Rango, Immortals, and TSM. Group B is G2 Esports, Rogue, Team Secret, and Cyclops. Group C is Evil Geniuses, Vodafone Giants, Space Station, and Ninjas in Pajamas. And Group D is FaZe Clan, Fnatic, Dark Zero Esports, and Forza? 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 I think I might. I'm Forza? not sure. I think, I think it's just Forza. Porche? I think it's probably Maybe. Portuguese for like force or strength. Okay. Um. Anyway, out of these groups, the the most, I mean, there's a couple. So Group A has Team Empire and Norringo, which people love Norringo. And then Team Empire won the last, um, the Pro League final or the Invitational? And they're really good. They came out of really nowhere, like a couple seasons ago, and they have just done really, really well. Um, is that the Russian team? Yeah, yeah, it is the one that Camden loves. Uh, and then Group C also is exciting because so Vodafone Giants used to be the looking for org team. They didn't have an organization. They just got VG just signed them up like two or three days ago. Um, when you're listening, that's going to be like a week ago. So that's new to them to be Vodafone Giants. And then Ninjas in Pajamas is the Brazilian team that's pretty good. Just got beat by Evil Geniuses today. Um, And Space Station. I like Space Station Gaming. A lot of people apparently don't love them as much as I do. But I think they're a fun team to to watch. So Group C is interesting. 
out of the group. So basically how it works is they, they do brackets in the groups, like mm-hmm. group A, B, C, and D, and then those brackets go into like the groups face each other into like a final. So basically like your divisions, if you're familiar with regular like sports and like like football and stuff, you have your divisions that kind of face each other and whoever does best or whatever, and then they go and... They move on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Same idea. Let's see. What else should we talk about So here? one of the... So the ma- it's weird how Siege does this. So the majors and the Invitational has nothing to do with like pro league in general. Like it has pro league teams, right? But it's not like you're doing really good in pro leagues. So like your pro league standing puts you up against this team and they face each other because they're both really good in pro league. It's just like you can qualify it in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And these are like, a- it's just another way that teams from around the world play each other. So who runs the major events? Is it? Is it Ubisoft that runs the majors, or is this like outside companies like a MLG or something similar to that? No clue. I would. I, my well, I think guess this is one's that DreamHack, isn't it? Okay, I don't know. Is it DreamHack? I think this one's really DreamHack. I'm not sure though. Based on what this Liquipedia is telling us, is the stage host? organizer ESL and Ubisoft. So Ubisoft. It's Ubisoft. Also, the first prize. Uh, uh, money pot is two hundred thousand dollars yeah that's a good amount of money that means every player is going to get like at least 20k well they probably just split that with their team or whatever too right yeah so i mean you're five guys if they all get 20k that's that leaves another hundred thousand to go to like the organization and other costs that's pretty amazing um what was i saying though so shoot Pro league you, the major and the invitational are separate from oh, pro yeah. league. Yeah, so I was talking to someone on our TL Bear specifically on our uh, our Discord, on the Rion Discord, about how Siege, like the, the finals and stuff aren't as hyped up as they should be because like with um, League of Legends, for example, teams from like around the world, they only face each other like once a year or twice a year. Mm-hmm. And so like when those teams face each other, it's super exciting because you just haven't seen it in so long and so much has changed since then. Yeah. Whereas like in Siege, there's like four times a year that they're all facing each other again. So it's like, yeah, we've seen G2 and uh, Space Station play like just three months ago. So it's not mm-hmm. as exciting. It's mm-hmm. like the NFL would be like the NFL playing like random games throughout the summer. And like, it just wouldn't be as exciting to see the Patriots face against the Falcons again, because you've seen it just yeah. recently. Yeah, sure. Um, I think probably one major cause of that is that siege just isn't nearly as popular as things like Dota or league of legends. Right. As big as siege is, there aren't whole leagues of like league of legends tournaments, like in Japan. Right. You know, or like in, in the West coast of the United States, like there's a whole league of legends organization or like i don't right. actually know if that's true but i think that's more or less the Likely. case so um talk about so with pro league some of the things that you can like look out for that is exciting so you have you have your one team g2 that's they're they're called the land kings because when they go into land they basically don't lose that's like been their mo they go into land they just win everything they sweep every other team that they go against mm-hmm. um and they have one guy on g2 who's named fabian and <laughs> he's kind of a douche um nobody really likes him it's all supposed to be like a joke i guess mm-hmm. but a lot of people hate fabian um and so he's just one of the guys that you just look for and hopefully he dies and you can feel good because fabian's <laughs> dead uh 
And then you have your other team, like Team Empire, that's really exciting to watch because they're newer and they have done really well in Pro League this season. Um, and you have like another exciting player. Bolo is a really good player. He just turned 18, so he's playing in Pro League now. Um, but he was really good and ranked, had a really good YouTube following before. So he's an exciting player to watch. Um, and he's on a TSM, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so he's on Team Solomid. Um, and that's exciting, which Team Solomid actually isn't doing good at all in the actual Pro League. They're like one of the last teams. So we'll see how they do when it comes to LAN. Um, one of the biggest differences, like when you're playing, like these Pro League finals are set up over the internet, right? And so you have ping and stuff like that. And when it comes to LAN, you have all the different like outliers of like you're actually there with these people. And like there's no ping, like it's a LAN and build of the game. So it's right. it's different. There's like, so Pingu is i mean he's a huge player that a lot of people have heard of really good at the game he he's one of the people that decided that one shot headshot should be done away in cj yeah. at least the idea yeah. like maybe we should see what happens mm-hmm. um he also thinks that the sound propagation works a lot better in lan than it does over the web which makes sense could be a thing and if like anyone's gonna know it's gonna be like pingu like one sure. of the guys that's played siege for forever um so that's another thing that just makes it different. And so because of that, the teams that have like experience playing on LAN over and over again, like G2, who basically used to be Penta, same roster, um, they're going to do better over LAN because they're just used to that experience. They've been there. They've done that. Whereas like these newer teams, right. people that haven't been there, it's it's a whole different experience. And and of course, there's that huge factor of like, there's an audience watching right. you who are loud and clapping and like... Yeah. And there's the other team is sitting across from you and there's pressure like you, they'll yell at you after the match. Like, I mean, it's it's a whole different atmosphere. And if you're not accustomed to that, it, it would be very easy to get tilted, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think there's a huge thing of, you know, if you've been here before, it's like when Tom Brady goes to the Super Bowl, right? Like Tom Brady's been to a few Super Bowls. And so like, a few. Yeah. He's like, you know, you see some other players or quarterbacks or whoever that are like off their game a little bit because they're nervous and there's all these butterflies. I don't think Tom Brady gets butterflies at the Super Bowl anymore. Tom Brady excels at the Super Bowl now. Yeah, That's where he so, plays best. So uh, there's that. Um, okay, so here's a good question. You've never heard of any of these teams. You don't care who wins. Why should you care about the the Pro League at all? And why should you watch it? And uh, here are some things that Toronto Will says. Um, so first of all, if you watch it, you may come to like or hate some of the teams and, and yeah, and then, <laughs> and then suddenly you'll be interested, right? Like a lot yeah. of being interested in esports in general is understanding the stories. And so, you know, you start watching, you'll start to catch on to what those stories are. You'll, you'll learn who the characters are and, and the commentators do a really good job of sort of explaining the stories you go. And I can speak from experience with another game, which is again, melee that like, I knew nothing about competitive melee in 2013, 2014 when I got into it. And it was very interesting when I started watching it because to find out like, Oh, uh, mango and hungry box hate each other. And like mangoes way better than hungry box. And it's funny to watch him just destroy hungry box. And now hungry box is doing much better than mango's done in years. And it's like, it's a really interesting story to see their rivalry and like all these other rivalries. And so it's just, you know, you watch and you'll, you'll be in on the, the big secret sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that's really good is that you can actually learn stuff from pro league. Like one of the biggest things is, and 
it's hard because sometimes the casters don't follow the right people at the right times and which is impossible right you can't expect them to know what's going to happen next like but there's some like so it's what turned me off to pro league when i first started watching it when the game first came out and part of that's because i knew more about the game than the casters did when pro league started a long time ago (laughs) i don't know if that's true but okay go ahead well that was when they were saying like um so this is before impacts or anything but they were saying like there's no way for them to get through that wall it's like yeah he has a nitro cell dude and then he throws a nitro cell and they're like oh he has a nitro cell he got through the wall like duh okay i'm like okay so like well okay so you have at least least one instance but no it was if, if you ask anyone that watched pro league from the beginning the first casters that came out were not they were casters of games, but they weren't like they siege weren't siege. players. Okay, that's, they weren't okay, good that siege might, players. That may be true. So that's that's what was happening. And people that watched Pro League from the beginning, they know that, and a lot of people were turned off from that. Um. Anyway, so that turned me off, and still, like, I watch it, and it's like, why did you? There's there's a Montaigne who has a shield exposed, and Valkyrie comes charging at him, like running at him, gets a kill from behind him. And you switch cameras to someone downstairs doing nothing, a jackal doing like foot print scans like why did you switch to jackal downstairs yeah like there was action right in front of the screen and you switched Mm -hmm. why like it made no sense or like in the prep phase like follow the valkyrie follow the follow the maestro because that's what people want to see they want to see where like these pro league teams are putting like their evil eyes and their black eye cameras like that's the kind of stuff that we want to watch we want to watch how these pro league players are like doing so good at the game we want to see their strats totally and so like following the smoke that's just shooting drones or like just reinforce something making like a random hole somewhere like that's not as exciting you know what i mean yeah yeah that's good criticism um and so that's hard but you can still see like saw a lot of really cool angles and stuff you just didn't think of before with cool black eye placements or like angles with capital bolts you're like that's a really good way to attack that angle or mm-hmm. when they especially when they do like the overhead view of like the whole map and you can see everything you can see how the attackers are placed on different windows how they're covering all the angles yeah it's like okay that's actually a really good attack against consulate second floor sure um and it changes every single time they play consulate second floor so you can see so many different attacks on this map that just makes it exciting and it gives you new ideas as a player of siege totally yeah that's definitely a big thing like if if you're wondering why you should care about pro league i think a huge thing is like yo just watch so you can like learn some stuff Mm -hmm. and like obviously a lot of it is probably going to go over your head and there's and there's going to be stuff that's like there's no way i can emulate that but there's also going to be stuff like you're saying like black eye placements evil eye placements um you know, how, how pulse plays and mm-hmm. where they put nomad air jabs and how they make that work for them, you know, and you'll see operators like vigil, I guess vigil isn't really used much in pro league, but you know, maybe next season, maybe we'll see nomad suddenly being really good. Nomad's actually been used Whatever. quite a bit. And this oh, also is, surprising. Wait, is nomad in this pro league. Yeah. Mozzie's in Mozzie and good luck. And the ones that aren't is warden and nook. I, I, not, I said, I said nomad. I meant nook. Nook. Nook's not in. I'm 100% mad Nook. Okay. Um, but, but, you know, you might, you might see them doing stuff with Nook that's like, oh, she could be useful, particularly on that site following yeah. this path through the cameras, right? I actually think, like, watching more Pro League, that Warden actually might be a big Pro League player. Because he might. there's a lot of smoke that there's goes on in Pro League. There's a lot of smoke in Pro League. A lot more than you see in your, like, especially, like, well, now that we're higher gold, like, almost platinum, we see, like, a lot more smoke. And that's, like, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I should have picked Warden. Should have picked Warden. Yeah. Which, I mean, there's definitely a trade-off of picking Warden over Smoke or something like that. But yeah. anyway. You know, that's actually one thing that's interesting is um, because they base all of their balance off the highest levels of play, it, it's sort of interesting because it's like, so now you have Warden in, and I know you're of the opinion that he should be, he should have an easier time seeing through Smoke while he's moving. Right. At right? least a little bit. Um, But I 
I can't see them making that kind of change until he's been introduced into pro league. Yeah. Right. Because you can't, you don't want to buff him, make him overpowered and then put him in pro league and have right. it be terrible. Right. Right. So now it's like, we've almost introduced this three month buffer zone where new operators can't be buffed. Yeah. Unless they're like Unless ast- astronomically terrible. You're nut and you just need an extra two seconds, which did nothing. Right. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, like they can't get a major overhaul in any kind of way because right. they have to get into pro league first and then we have to see what pro league players do with them. And then we have to see how that reflects to other players learning how to play them better. And like if that has a huge effect on how effective they are. So it's just like, it's kind of interesting. We've introduced this buffer zone where they can't really be adjusted. We're at 48% on the update, by the way. <laughs> this is 30 minutes into the podcast. Um, oh, no, but yeah, that's a good point. And we do know that Ubisoft does have like the, um, the to- they call it something, but they have like meetings, I guess, with some of these pro league players. We know that Pingu has been part of them before that. Yeah, we've been we part have of them no before. idea what they're saying. Pingu could be saying, no, Warden's OP. Like you need to not do anything with Warden. That's why he wasn't touched. Mm-hmm. And we will start to see those plays when pro league comes out. We'll all be like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, Warden's good. Yeah. Like that could happen. We just don't know. I think, and I think this is actually a really good example of like, let's see what happens. Let's let the meta settle because the more and more that we're playing, especially like the higher, these higher ranked games, it's like, yeah, Warden's actually pretty good in some of these, like in like three or four locations, Warden is very powerful. Totally. Um, Hashtag let the meta settle. Yes. Ryan's, uh, that's Ryan's saying his motto, motto to the grave. All right. Do you want that on your grave, Ryan? uh yeah yeah you know like don't make any rash decision decisions after i die just let the meta settle a little bit and like see what life is like without ryan in it and and then you know once it's settled Could be nothing but good yeah um <laughs> what is interesting though is mozzie's played a lot in pro league like i didn't think he'd be played as much but he's oh, played absolutely pretty frequently and I'm i like, haven't seen okay, it but wow i'm sure wow it, because Drones are such a major valuable asset mm-hmm. in pro league and at just a high level play in general. And so, yeah, of course they're going to find ways to make use of drones on defense. Yeah. And the, there's really good placements of it too. Where like Mozzie will put his, um, what are they called? The little spider spiders. Dragoons. Spider. Yeah. The dragoons. Dragoon hackers. Dragoon hackers. He'll put those like in spots on like the so it's, let's say they're on aviator pests. That's what they are. Let's say they're on aviator on villa. He'll go downstairs and put them like on the outside door and like other parts of like the first floor to stop them from even getting to the stairs to go up to aviator. Yeah, like so they can't even drone out the first floor, and that's like super dangerous in pro league when you can't drone out the first floor and see if the first floor is clear. Mm-hmm. Like that's huge. Yeah, and so like they're just it's crazy to see like so, oh they're smarter. Like let's not stop the drones from getting into objective. Let's stop them from like even getting into the map or clearings. So are are the Mozzies like letting the first wave of drones go by and trying to they're kill really, them? Or are they like, or are they just trying to capture as many drones as they can from the start? They're really just trying to stop drones from droning out. That's not as much like, yes, of course, if they capture a drone, they're going to use it like to their advantage. But it's more of like they're stopping drones from clearing. So they're flakes. more laying traps for drones so that right. the drones can't... Uh, can't drone out right the first can't floor clear first floor yeah. for vertical play um and there there really isn't like a first drone wave in pro league because it's not like they go and try to see because they know who all the players are already they already know who's that's playing true. against them that's true and they already know the sixth pick and everything so it's like there's no there's no first drone wave other than like finding where it is and that's not hard they do it from outside pretty much so it's really just all about like stopping them from clearing like specific sites that roamers want to be in yeah yeah 
Interesting. Okay, anything else on Pro League? No, I think... Well, I think the biggest reason to watch Pro League is for the reveal of Ember. Yeah, Rise. absolutely. 100%, honestly. Yeah. Like, Pro League is fun. It is interesting. It is great. A lot of people love Pro League and just love watching it. But honestly, for myself at least, like, I really just want to see what the new maps are in ranked. That's all I care about right yeah, now. Yeah, so <laughs> we talked about this last week, but so what's your ideal for the maps in ranked? Like number? Just what do you want to happen? I want there to be eight or nine maps, and I am fine with some of those maps being like Fortress and uh, Skyscraper, no. But Fortress and theme, theme Park doesn't make sense either because like they're redoing Theme Park. Yeah, when, that's after Cath- We're getting Canal. Canal right now, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like fine with Fortress staying or like another one that a lot of people don't like. Um, a lot of people aren't liking Oregon all of a sudden, like because it got out of the pro league. And so now people are saying it's super unbalanced, which like part of it's true, but Oregon's still a really good map. So yeah, I'm Oregon's fine good. with that staying. I'm fine with there like being some maps like bank or like clubhouse being out for one season and coming back the next season. Like as long as the map pool stays at eight or nine, you can cycle maps in and out of that. And that makes Siege fun. That keeps Siege exciting because now it's like next season you're not playing the same nine maps. You're playing like now you have Clubhouse again. Now you have Cafe and Bank in there now. Like that's exciting. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And it's like, yeah, with Siege, I just feel like there really is so much variation match to match that like I don't get bored playing the same maps over and over again. Oh, I don't. You know, like, and and I've seen some people say that and then be like, no, please don't reduce the maps. It can be so boring playing the same maps again. And it's like, I don't know. I played like a good probably 50 hours of just House Hereford Consulate. Yeah, in the beta, I did and not like, get bored. I loved every second of it. Never did I get bored. Yeah, so like... Oh. Yeah, oh, like I, I, don't, I, just, I don't get that myself. I just think that there's... Like you could have six maps in ranked and there would be plenty of variety. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Um, and well, because the thing is now, it's like I get mad when I get Theme Park twice in a row or a Skyscraper twice in a row because those maps aren't as good. It's like, but if I get Clubhouse twice, I'm like, okay. Great. Or yeah. Border. I can get Border four or five times in a row. I'd be fine. Yeah. I love Border. Yeah. So, okay, to... I, yeah, I'm with you. I think, I think eight to nine is, is the right, uh, the right number of maps. I wouldn't yeah. want it to necessarily just straight up mirror Pro League. Like, we don't have to sit here and pretend like no. we're Pro League players. No. Like, let's not do that. But, like, I mean, I'm as good as them, but. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I would like, uh, competitive maps and maps that people aren't sick of. I mean, like, honestly, skyscraper i wasn't sick of until only recently right and yeah it's like, i started hating skyscraper if if skyscraper and I started liking fortress actually yeah fortress is I'm that actually, sounds like like it, i'm coming around on fortress. to say but i'm coming around on fortress when but, we four owed someone on fortress oh it felt good that did feel good but if skyscraper was uh you know if that had been cycled out three months ago i would be going i wouldn't be ready to see skyscraper again in a few months yeah right so i, I agree with that yeah. What else are you hoping for at the reveal? Is there anything? Honestly, it's the stuff that I already know is coming that I'm excited for. Like the rank disparity issues and the rank map pool. I just want to know what they are. Yeah. Like I know it's coming, but I just want to know what it is. That's exciting yeah. to me. I don't care as much to find out what the new operators are. Like, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I am super excited to see what Canal looks like. Um, Like actually like a actual map detailed plan of the map. That will be really cool to see. Um. I don't know if there's really anything that I'm just like hoping they'll do that. I mean, obviously drones staying in the drone after the prep phase would be oh great. Oh my gosh, please. Um, it would be really cool to see like a castle buff or like a Tachanka change or something like super exciting like that. That would be really fun. 
but there's nothing in particular that I'm like. Yeah, honestly, oh, I'm, just, I'm just excited this. to see the canal rework preview. Yeah. Uh, and from what we saw on that already, it looked amazing. I am so excited. For and that. so I'm, I'm very excited to see what actually is going to happen there. There is zero chance I will be playing the actual current build of Siege once the test server comes out. <laughs> there's yeah. no way. Yeah. When I have canal and like new ops to play and a better ranked map pool, like, oh, that's what I'm playing. Guaranteed that's what I'm playing. Anyway, hopefully they don't uh, mess it up. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I'm just like, oh, it would be so cool if we got this as a surprise. If casual was reduced by another 30 seconds, that would be nice too. It's still just so long. It, it, it's, it's When you switch to casual from all the time ranked, it is a very noticeable difference. And to think that it used to be four minutes. Four minutes was oh way too long. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine that now, especially on like house. Like, oh, playing casual with some of these... It would be cool to see like a veto option in casual. That would be cool. Like with yeah. this, it'd be cool to be like Favela's next and like eight out of 10 people are like, no. Yeah. That's give okay. us that. Give us that. Because hundred percent tower comes up on casual and it's just people leaving. I leave. It's just, it's just like an endless cycle of people leave. Somebody joins, they leave, somebody else joins, they leave. And it's just like, really? Yeah. So let, let us just say no, you know? All it right. It would be cool if, uh, I mean, a lot of things would be cool. Custom matches being updated would be way cool. Um, it'd be sweet to see like a terrorist hunt change or like a, there's something else I was just thinking of. I can't remember what it was. But if they announce all of a sudden they're actually doing the client side debris now instead of year oh, five, season sweet. one. Yeah. We definitely want to see that one. Anyway. Okay. Let's get into listener questions. If you have a question for the podcast, you can, of course, ask those in two wonderful places. One is on our Twitter account, at r6unrenowned. Follow us there for random thoughts on Siege throughout the week. And, of course, you can ask the questions. And then in our Discord server, also where we have an amazing community of nearly 400 people now. And uh, we do a lot of playing Siege together and just talking about Siege as well as just kind of chilling. Um, and there's a whole channel there dedicated to podcast questions where you can get your questions on the thing and if you ask six questions that make it on six different episodes of the podcast then you will get your podcast questionnaire role yes you will you will be special yes you will your mother will love you more probably true um so our first question comes from big baja cream who we mentioned last week sent us a core ross video about ideas for fixing glass and warden and what are our thoughts on it I must admit, I still did not watch it. I didn't watch it either. You didn't watch it either? No. I forgot about it. Core Ross, I'm so sorry. Okay. I am going to set myself a reminder to watch that, and we will talk about it, because I think it will be interesting. Um, So, so sorry. Next question. <laughs> sorry, Big Baja Cream. Um, Clapbomb STVI asked, here's an outside-of-the-box question for you guys that I haven't seen anyone ask yet. Back maybe 20 episodes ago, wow, I don't remember which episode it was. You guys had a special guest on the podcast. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was a relative. Have you ever thought about contacting a YouTuber like Narcoleptic Nugget, Coconut Bra, to be a special guest on the podcast for an episode? So yeah, we've had a few guests. So we had Icy Cat on, who of course is a Siege YouTuber, Icy Cat mm-hmm. 25. Um, well, that was awesome. And then we had uh, our brother-in-law, Taylor, come on to do a Legion spotlight because he loves Legion and uh, thought it'd be fun to have him on for that. So he did that. And then we once had our buddy Camden on to do a, the Pro League Minute. 
And we would like to continue having guests. He's now a doctor, which is amazing. But yeah, we would like to continue having guests. I think it's really fun. Honestly, the biggest hurdle is just the logistics of it. Like trying to coordinate schedule with a third person and then like, you know, figuring out their microphone situation, how we're going to record everybody and make sure it sounds good. And uh, it's it's just really a nightmare logistically, especially since like our setup is not like the best, right? Like we have sort of a janky setup that we made work, but it's not easy to like add additional people or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's something we want to do. So good to know narcoleptic nugget and coconut bra are some requests of people we should look at. Uh, do you have any other things to add on that? Yeah, I agree. That would be way cool. I think it would also be super cool to have someone on that's like a pro league player. Like, I mean, it would be really hard to get like a Pingu or Fabian to come on, obviously, because those are super popular, well-known people. But like you could get someone like Chala from SSG or like think of Nate from SSG or like, um, no, I can only think of SSG players off the top of my head. You could try to get one of the most Empire guys really only speak Russian, but no. <laughs> it, it's true. Um, but like, I think getting a pro league player on and like getting their suggestions on some things would be really cool to say like with your like experience in pro league, how do you see like this operator fitting in? Like that would be cool to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's no promises, but it's something we're going to do. Also, I think that it would be fun to get, um, some members of the community on occasionally, you know? Yeah. Um, that's another thing we want to do. Our next question comes from Motolove405. He says, I'm switching from Xbox. Okay. He says, I'm switching from Xbox to PC soon. What's your suggestions? I'm getting the hang of mouse and keyboard. And is there anything else I should make sure I put my PC build? So this is one of the questions we get super frequently that you can look at in the podcast FAQs channel. But... Um, what you should put in your PC is something that Ryan is an expert at and will tell you what you should put in your oh. PC. <laughs> um, sure. So, yeah, I guess uh, I, just as Chris mentioned, I just want to reinforce uh, a little shout out to our podcast facts channel where we have commonly asked questions and answers to them. It's uh, If you're going to ask a question, uh, it's a good idea to check there first and see if we've already been over that. But yes, in answer to your question, what should you put in your PC build? It 100% comes down to what your budget is, mm-hmm. right? So like um, you you can build a good gaming PC with just about any budget. Obviously, the more budget, the better. But you can build a, a good gaming PC as long as you spend wisely. So I guess like my overall uh, advice is don't spend more, as particularly if you're on a budget, if you're on a tight budget, don't spend more than like $80 on a motherboard don't spend more than 40 to 50 on a power supply case. Like you can get by on the cheapest day case you can find. Like if your budget's really tight, you can really, you can get by on a $20 case and you'll be fine. And there's even some like decent $20 cases out there, but like you spend 50 bucks on a case, you'll get a pretty nice case. There's no reason to buy a $200 case unless you're really going all out. Right. Yeah. Um, let's see what else Ram basically all Ram is the same. Like there's obviously different speeds and stuff, but I mean, you will see virtually no increase in performance based on getting like the name brand RAM of the highest speed. So go for a reasonably priced. Uh, it's good to get a name brand if you can, because it, it, they tend to be more reliable, I would think. But also most RAM comes with a lifetime warranty. So there, there's really no issue. Just buy yourself some cheap RAM. So save money on those parts and then invest on your CPU and your GPU. Everything else is pretty much get something that's decent with good reviews and you'll be fine. 
I will say it is essential at this point to have an SSD. There is no reason yes. to not have one. They are literally 20 bucks and you can get like a 128 gigabyte SSD, which is enough to put your... You can get a 250 gigabyte SSD for 20 bucks if you find a good if, Yeah, if you find a good price. Like you can get your operating system on there, which is huge, makes your computer start up a thousand times faster. And then putting like Siege on there, like one of the games you play the most, putting that on there makes the map load and everybody not hate you. Yeah. And honestly, if I were you, like I would make sure you have enough room in your budget for a 500 gigabyte SSD. And it doesn't have to be the best one on the market, but 500 gigabyte SSD will give you plenty of room for Windows and your games. Store all your personal files on the cloud. There's no reason to have files on your local storage anymore. And, uh, and that will make your life so much better. Yeah. Don't, and don't think if you're like on a budget, don't think you need to get the RTX 2080 or any, like I still have a GTX 970 and i7 47, 47, 90 K mm-hmm. 970. one of those, um, which were really nice at the time when I got them, they were really, really good, but I'm still running on that same thing. It's four years later and yeah. it's still fine. Yeah. The budget graphic cards these days are really, really good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, don't feel like you have to spend $800 on your graphics card. $200 is a really good sweet spot for a, a decent graphics card. Okay, that's the end of Ryan's uh, PC hardware minute. ICU22 said, I don't know if it was because of me solo queuing, but last season I was gold three to silver one all season, jumping around there. And then this season, I just feel embarrassed being in bronze. Have you noticed any, have you guys noticed any difference? Maybe it's an Xbox thing. Maybe I just suck. Anyways, thanks guys. Uh, I haven't noticed any difference in like the skill level of where we've been placed. I think like I, I would probably say it's it's related to solo queuing. If, if that's what you've been doing and you didn't yeah. do that last season, that's probably what it is. Um, what I will say is there's definitely an effect where once you start losing rank, it becomes more and more difficult to move up because like the players you're playing with are at a different level than you uh, and they're not playing at the same level of teamwork that you're used to. And so suddenly it becomes much harder to be effective because you're relying on your team to do certain things and they're not doing it. Right. right? So even if you're a good player, it's like you were behind me by those stairs. Why did that guy come right up the stairs and kill me in the back? Like that's, I don't understand. Uh, and that, because they left because yeah. they were being shot at from a billion but angles. It's things happen. Things happen. Um, the, the thing is with that too, is like, I mean, like Ryan said, right? You literally start to rely on your teammates to do things, or they don't call something out, or they don't like tell you, like, "Hey, I'm moving." And that still happens when you're playing with a squad. Sometimes you expect like your teammate to be like, "Wait, where'd you go?" And like, "Oh, I left a long time ago." Like, it didn't even like it's not their fault. You just didn't notice. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, that's gonna happen, but like, it happens more often when people just aren't communicating where they are. And that's actually one of the biggest things that can get you better at ranked or to be a better teammate is just saying, "Hey, I'm holding Blue Hall." Like. That's huge. Saying I'm holding blue hall, that tells your team, okay, well, then I don't need to worry about this blue stairs while I'm like looking at bar right now because right. teammates holding blue hall. Mm-hmm. Like that's huge to know like what you're doing. Just say if you're like at a spot where you're not really moving forward or like your team's doing something, just say your position, what you're doing at the time yep. and yep. your team can seriously use the fact that you're holding construction right now. Yeah, that's, that's a huge thing. And then just saying when you've lost it, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, they have construction now. That's huge. That's mm-hmm. huge. Like, and it's so easy to do. So, yeah, try to, I guess, try to be a better teammate and that can help. Yep. That helps a lot. Our next question comes from... Your computer's back. My computer is back. It took five ever, but... You probably heard him madly typing on the microphone. Yeah, probably. 
Uh, Dark Romantic, is that next? Dark Romantic 17. Dark Romantic 17 says, thanks again for the podcast. Last minute question, because it hit while I was working. I have heard that the newcomer playlist has turned out to be awful with Smurfs Smurfs in an overall bad intro to Siege. What if players with more experience could choose to go in and help new players either by coaching or playing with them as a spectator? Uh, these coaches could report suspicious behavior on top of that. So the only problem with this is like having someone that's willing to listen to a coach in the first place and then having someone that's willing to coach without being mean, I guess. And it's just hard to find that perfect duo. Like the best coach of Siege is going to be your friend that's played Siege for totally a long time that like you don't care if they get mad at you because they're your friend anyway or you can like punch them in real life. <laughs> like that's going to be your best Siege well, coach. Well, they're just going to be more patient with you overall, I would think. Right. Um, and so I've, I have heard the newcomers playlist is a bunch of Smurfs and I wanted to go in it and try it. And I was like, no, cause then I'm being one of those Smurfs in the newcomer. Playlist. I totally like, want to I do can't that. do that, but I, I wanted to go see like what it's like. If I get an alt account, I totally want to do that. But, um, mostly because I like the small pool of maps. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I just want to go play those maps. Um, I think honestly the best way to fix this would just be to like, have you graduate from the new players playlist. Like if, if you're consistently getting high KDs or like are winning a lot of rounds or something, or they could find some sort of metric, maybe even just like how many headshots are you getting compared to the average player, you know, like just find these things and don't, don't explicitly tell everybody what it is. So people can't just like game it. But if you just have it like, Hey, you've graduated from newcomer playlist, even if you're level 15, right? It's like, you're out. You can't do that anymore. Interesting. Yeah. I think, I think that would be a good step. That would be good. You're just KDs too high or whatever. Right. Yeah. Interesting. That makes sense. Um, you're next. CW. Toronto Will said, what are you going to talk for the next two episodes while Ubi is radio silent leading up to the reveal of the new season at Raleigh? That is a problem we actually have every single time there's a new season coming up. And what's funny is I was not expecting them to be silent. I was expecting there to be a bunch of leaks and stuff. And like that was sarcastic what he said, like rhetorical at least. But it was like, they usually do put out like a bunch of leaks or like teasers and stuff and it just hasn't happened yet. So... No, it hasn't. But and we figured it out, didn't we? No, this is this is a problem we face every time. We I think we've become pretty good at at finding interesting things to talk about. The operator spotlights always help. Um but uh yeah, basically he's saying uh yeah, I guess that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. We'll we'll be seeing teasers and stuff like that coming soon. Hopefully by next episode. Well, by next but, episode we should have some sort of reveal of next season. Oh, yeah. So. Well, by next by the time you hear this episode, I'm sure you'll see you'll have teasers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Maverick Ursaday says, not sure when questions need to be in. UK listeners, so this might be like, what do you think? Let's, let's just address that right now. So okay. we, we generally record on sometime between Sunday night and like usually Monday night, right? Mm-hmm. I'd say that's, that's pretty safe. Between Sunday and Monday night, obviously US time. So if you get it in before then, you'll likely get it into that week's episode. Otherwise, so, like this question... You missed it. <laughs> yeah. And it'll come next episode like this one is. So if you're putting it Tuesday or Wednesday, it's just before the podcast. The podcast has already been edited and by that point and yeah. likely we've recorded already. So, um, but his question is, what is the, what are the top operator aesthetics, top three defenders and attackers? Mm. I personally love the Aussie operators aesthetics as well as the SAS. Okay. So not like specific skin items, but just overall yeah. the, uh, the aesthetics. Okay. Um, I think SAS is one that actually got me at the very beginning that I thought was cool. Like Sledge, Mute, and Thatcher all have really cool like face masks. Um, who else is on SAS? 
Thatcher, Sledge. Smoke. Oh, all of them. All of them have like cool face masks and just kind of look cool. Yeah. I like that aesthetic a lot, so I agree with him there. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Um, Frost and Buck are pretty cool too. Yeah, I do. I like the snow. It's, There's just something to do with aesthetic. the snow that's just cool. Um, I also like Blackbeard and Valkyrie with their like desert camo. Yes. And stuff. I do like them. It's pretty cool. I think they are good. Uh, Black uh, Valkyrie with her uh, her face paint and everything. That's cool. Let's see. I'm looking through the list here. Vigil actually looks pretty cool. Unfortunately, he's not, but he looks cool. <laughs> so there's that. Um, Nook is one of the coolest operators that's come out oh, in the game. Yes. By far. Her base uniform is sick. Nook looks very cool. And it's too bad that she's not. She's really only being played right now because she looks cool. Like, let's be real. Yeah. Also, I like Maverick and Clash. Clash I don't like with Clash like, that much, but. Oh, really? With like the police? The like. Yeah. I like London Maverick. Police I think Maverick looks cool. But Maverick looks really good. So yeah, those are some of my favorites. Um, GIGN also looks kind of cool, just like their style of gear. Doc looks cool with his white gloves. Yeah. Um, Kydeg77 asked, I want to hear a long and boring story about Mass Effect achievements. Can you tell it on the next podcast? <laughs> I will tell the short version of my long and boring story. Basically, uh, one of, well, six of the original Mass Effect games achievements are to play, I forget exactly how it's worded, but it's like complete a majority of of the quests with with this specific character. So there's six party members, right? And so with each character, you have to complete a majority of the quests, which means that you have to play the game six times. Not six times, sorry, three times, because you've, you have two characters in your party so it means what you have to do to do that is you have to consistently keep those two characters in your party all the time to complete a majority of the quest with those characters so it's the worst possible way to play the game because you're not getting exposure to all the different characters and the whole game is about the characters right so you're you're like you're limiting yourself to these two people and you never get variety in like the combat or anything because you're using the same powers and everything throughout the whole game it's the worst possible way to play the game but they make you do it for the achievements so that's Number one, that's the problem. Number two is they say that you have to you have to do the majority, right? Which you would think, okay, 51%. No, no, no. You have to go, you literally have to do like up to like the final planet to get it. Okay, so like I went through, I did it. I had to do it four times because I didn't realize that that was one of the achievements going into it. So I like my first playthrough, I didn't get any. And then I had to do it three more full times, run through the whole game. And you have to like you have to do like all the side quests because it's not looking for just a base a simple majority. It's looking for something like ninety percent of the stuff. So like you have to go do all the side quests, like you have to do everything. And like if you get too far in the game and you haven't done enough stuff, then you can get to a point where you can't go back. So like then like you just missed it. And so you have to either like reload an old save and like go back and like redo a bunch of stuff you've already done. It's just it's such a headache and it's not fun. And uh, I subjected myself to that because I had a problem with achievements. <laughs> Ryan's gamer score is 65,280. Which, which is not that high, but also I haven't played Xbox for a long time. And it's more about completing a bunch of games than it is about a high gamer score. Yeah, but that's higher than a large majority of people on Xbox. I mean, I've seen some that are like 130,000, obviously, but... I mean, there, yeah, there's 65K is high. I'd say people who play a lot of Xbox, something over 100,000 is not 
out of the question if you play like a lot of different games. Yeah, that's the thing, playing a lot of different games. Cause yeah. But if you're, if you're people, the Call of Duty player... Yeah. I mean, me, for example, I played multiplayer games on Xbox. My gamer score is like 9,000. Yeah. Like, I just didn't play a bunch of different games. But. Totally. So that's my long and boring story. Was uh, it fun? BG Neverblight asks, so there's a website available where people can pay like 15 bucks for a two-hour lesson with a diamond tier player to learn how to play the game a lot better. Sort of an intro and jumpstart to new players. What do you think about this? And is it bad for such things to exist or good for the community? So I don't know what website this is. It could be Fiverr. Fiverr is a really popular website for stuff like this. Um, and I don't think it helps that much. Like I've seen there's like Rocket League coaches on Fiverr as well. And it's like there's YouTubers that will like go with these Rocket League coaches. And like you really realize the Rocket League coaches don't know what they're talking about. Like mm-hmm. some of them are Diamond or like Grand Champ players in either Siege or Rocket League. But it's like you can learn this stuff for free. You can go on YouTube and like find out what you need to do to be, be sure. better at Siege. You just you learn the maps. You learn rotations in Rocket League. Um, you learn how to do like some simple mechanics and you practice. Yeah. Like that's how you get good at the games. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that it necessarily is going to really help anybody get that much better. Um, but I, I do think that some people feel that they need like a personal approach, somebody who's actually like pointing out their mistakes as opposed mm-hmm. to just like going on YouTube and trying to learn stuff. And I think there's probably value to that. Um, you know, like, like, even if you like know the basics, it can be hard to recognize your own bad habits and stuff like that. Or you just to have somebody watching over your shoulder and like, as you're going to do a a flank, that's like really risky. Just be like, Hey, don't do that flank. Don't, don't do that. Just hold, you know, having somebody do that for you could, I, I could see that making a big, big difference. Um, that said, like, I I don't think there's any problem with it. If it, if it's a skill and a, like a, if they have a skill set i guess that that's in demand and they have knowledge right it's in demand and people want to pay for it then let people pay for what they want to pay for right Right. that's that's how money works people spend it on what they want to spend it on that's true sometimes people spend it on what they don't want to spend it on what that's called bills oh yes (laughs) well in a way that's spending on what you want to spend it on right I i have to pay my mortgage every month and i'm not always happy about it but i'm glad to have a house yeah i mean yeah so Hurricane Funked asks, hey guys, I've been listening to the podcast for quite some time now and only recently joined the Discord. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you very much. Now, who do you guys think is better, Mute or Mozzie? I understand that Mute has one of the most viable devices in the game, seeing as it can jam drones, thermite charges, breaching charges, fuse charges, Hibana pellets, and a multitude of other things. But he can't use them after he jams them, the drones, he means, like Mozzie can to, excuse me, like Mozzie can to counter Intel the other team. From my experience as a Mute main, I find his gadget more useful, but I wish you could utilize drones after you've jammed them. Any thoughts, podcasters? Um, yeah, so I think it just depends what you're trying to do. So yes. as I've seen Mozzie play, played in Pro League, if you're trying to just stop them from joining out first floor and keep them scared of what might be on first floor, Mozzie's going to be more powerful for that. Mm-hmm. But if you need someone to stop the hard breach or at least to stall a hard breach, Mute's obviously going to be better. So it just... Right. And I've seen... There's probably games where Mute and Mozzie are both played because they're both essential to what the team's trying to do. Right. Um, so a lot of that's going to come down to what your team is doing, and especially if you're playing ranked over casual. Um, but, I mean, it just depends what you... I don't think either of them can be said as better than the other because they do different things. Right, yeah. It's 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 extremely situational, and like you're saying, it depends what your target is, right? What are you optimizing for? Are you optimizing to get more intel? Because that's definitely a Mozzie thing. Mm-hmm. Um, are you optimizing for the, the greater... Uh, kill potential because mozzie has amazing guns he's a three speed like he's he's really great as far as roaming goes and then you add on top of that that he might have a drone or two to help him out like yeah that, that's huge 
to Rome. Um, so like that's a huge thing. I I really really like the way that Mozzie and Mute overlap, right? Because it's like he's not just a, another mute. He's very different, but they can do sort of the same thing. And like and then Bandit falls in that little triangle as well, right? Bandits can do some of the same stuff Mute can do. He can do stuff that Mute can't do, and uh, and vice versa. And then you know Bandit can stop drones too if yeah. if his things are well placed. But that's definitely not his like strength. But then there's Mozzie, who's like, he's great at stopping drones and getting counter intel, but he really can't do anything against a hard breach. So right. then you have Mutant Bandit that cover that aspect of it. So it's, I think it's really cool to have people who overlap in certain ways, but aren't like 90% the same. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. I, uh, as, uh, did he ask which one's better? He did. Which yeah. one's better? Just depends. Yeah. I can't give you like a answer, which is I better. Agree. I, I, I would say my personal favorite is Mozzie just because I really like his guns and I like to run with him. Uh, but I would not ever want to give up a mute when I'm playing castle. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, I have a good castle story. Can I tell my castle story? Yeah. Okay. Ooh, it's so good. Okay. So, <laughs> so we were playing, uh, uh, chalet and, uh, uh we're, okay. we're yeah. defending. It was good, right? We're defending kitchen. Oh, did I clip this? If I didn't, I will. And I'll, I'll put it up somewhere. Okay, so we're defending Kitchen on Chalet. Um, and as you do, I held, uh, I think I actually held two of my, my castle barricades. So if you don't know this already, I've told you many times before, always hold at least one castle barricade, unless there's like a very specific application of them that you're doing or whatever. Like it, a lot of times it makes a lot of sense to have a castle barricade later in the round and be able to, to, to ruin stuff, right? So I, I actually only put up one. So I put one on the, the um, furthermost double door that goes into the main lobby from mm-hmm. the dining area. So there's those two doors there, right? So I put one on, on the exterior one and then um, I held the other two. The Brown started playing out. It got down to like a, maybe a three on two or something like that. And um, we knew kind of where the last people were. And so somebody we knew was pushing from the basement stairs that uh, come right up into like that back door area of that goes like right in front of the kitchen. And so I went and I, I closed that one and we were able to finish off that last guy. Cause he just didn't really have anywhere to go. And then it was down to two on one. Right. Yep. Um, and so two on one, we're sitting there, we're nicely barricaded in, right. Both my castle barricades are still up. And if this guy's going to come get us, he's going to have to come through one of my barricades. Uh, I, I don't think the hatch was breached. So we didn't have to worry about that. And it was a Twitch. So mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. We're, you know, we're, we're safe. He has to come through one of these or like maybe the exterior window or something. And so I'm like, well, I'm just sitting here with an extra castle barricade. I'll just go throw one up on, on the other double door. So I go throw one up there and I just lay down in front of it, ready to like shoot him if he tries to breach. And they go, oh, he's coming through lobby. He's coming through lobby right now. I'm like, sweet. I'm right here. I'm going to shoot him when he tries to breach this one. And so he goes and he breaches the first one, right? So Which gets, is a miracle that he's carrying breach charges in the first place is Twitch. Like, right, because a lot of Twitches carry, carry flash things, right? Yeah. yeah so, or is it Claymores? No. Oh, wait, it is Claymores. Yeah. It was Claymores at one point. It, I think it is Claymores. I think it's Claymores. Yeah. But she, she had so, breach charges. Weird, though. So she, she anyway. breached the first one. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her. I'm just looking for her feet, right? And she never comes. She runs away. And so they, they're like, <laughs> wait, they're on the camera. It's like, wait, she's leaving. You know, wait, she went on the front door. She's going to kitchen window. <laughs> so, so she tries to make it to kitchen window. I think she did make it, and then our teammate killed her. Um. But, she was out of time, though. Yeah, she there was like literally no time. Like and she, she, she would have in. had to been able to jump in and just just plant right there. But our teammate was able to stop it. And there was wasn't there a castle there too? She couldn't get no, in there. There wasn't. There wasn't because oh. the other one was on the front door. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, teammate knows exactly where she's coming. So it's a very tough, right, tough fight to win. 
I was playing super safe. I was back in my corner and we win the round. I think that won the game. And I typed in chat. I was like, hey, Twitch, did you run out of breach chargers? He's like, yeah, that was my last one. I couldn't get through the last Castleberg. <laughs> Which, okay, made no sense. I was like, where did you use them? Because she never got into top floor and she never, she didn't put them anywhere else. I was like, where did you use them? So I used one on the bathroom window and the garage door. Why? Yeah, garage door, I get, but kind of. Bathroom, but it, well, she was letting the Habana or whatever into the garage door to go up those stairs or whatever. I guess so. But like, you, you don't put... Why did you, you put don't have breach chargers on barricades? Yeah. Like, I, I, I have bathroom definitely... Window. There are definitely, like, if you're trying to do a hot breach, obviously you would do it there. And I've done it at times to, like, try to be a distraction or whatever. But, mm-hmm. like, for the most part, don't use it there. Yeah. But the thing is, that you have to remember, is, like, breach charges are so, uh, like, common. Like, they're, they're so... Like, you have so many of them mm-hmm. that there's just usually no reason to conserve them. Right. And, like, even if you know there's a castle, it's like, well, everybody's got breach charges. We'll be able to get through that. But then when it comes to the last second and suddenly you're down to one and there's a double door. Oh, boy. You really can get screwed. So this is why I love castle. Because, like, no other operator can have that happen. Yeah. Same thing. Same objective. Almost screwed us over because you were an objective. You were attacking kitchen. You were Thatcher, I think. And, like, I went to go into the trophy room Mm -hmm. and there was a castle barricade there and I didn't have any way to get through it. So I had to go back to the kitchen window. I couldn't get in. There's, like, two seconds left. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're planning. I'm like, I just hope I get the kill because I can't get in. Like, I'm stuck out here. And luckily, as you're planning, the guy tries to run through kitchen. I can kill him before he kills you. Yeah, but it was was 100% last second plant. Like, very close. It's like, castle, that was really good. Like, you almost screwed us because I couldn't get in. Yeah. It's only because I was able to peek you through the kitchen window first. Right. That I got you. So castle can be really good and i am pleased to report my win rate continues to increase with castle as i play him smartly next question is from silver they say i recently got finca i watched a few decent videos on youtube on her but i was wondering do you have any personalized tips you can give me do you think it's all right for me to pick the sasg over the lmg and ar um so i mean there is a thing called the sausage rush which is using that shotgun and just rushing with finca (laughs) but like i mean i think if you're doing finca it's Better to use the LMG over the uh, sausage or the AR. Yeah, I would say in general, I would never recommend a shotgun in Siege. No. They're, I mean, they're just not powerful enough to make up for the fact that you lose a lot of range. You lose a lot of opportunities for yeah. easy headshots. So I, I would say no on that. Um, So yeah, I, I'd go with the LMG. I mean, it depends what you're doing. If you're going to go for like a crazy Finca rush at the very beginning of the round because you're going to surprise them in ranked or something, like sure. But I think if you're really playing, you choose the LMG. Yeah. As far as just other tips for Finca, I really don't play her a lot, so I can't no. say too much. Um, I guess one thing I would say is is be cognizant of when your teammates go down because you can do the, the remote revive, which at times can like... Save a game. Yeah, it can, save, yeah, it can, it can really turn something around um, where where the teammate really should be dead. But if there's just that split second where the defenders can't see them because they're behind cover or they're like down a staircase or something. Uh, and, and you can get that quick revive and they're expecting them to be down and all of a sudden they're up and shooting like that, that can make a big difference. So pay attention to that kind of stuff. And then I guess just try to work with your team on when you need to trigger it and all that stuff. Um, bring frags. Yeah. Okay, we're going to skip a few questions here because we are short on time. We may come back to some of them next week. But Dr. Scooter asked, recently one of my squad mates has started maining Nook and Warden and is convinced that they are some of the best ops in the game. They're wrong. Specifically Warden due to an SMG-12 ace he got. How do I get him to stop or at least consider picking other ops? Please help. Also just finished catching up on all the podcasts. Keep up the good work. Thanks. 
Um, so funny. TL Bear says, no saving him. Dump him somewhere and never speak to him again. <laughs> and then he says, yeah, the only problem is that he's my brother. So I have put up with Ryan for all this time. So you will put up with him and you will teach them to be better at the game. Uh. <laughs> um, first of all, so Nook's not good. So they, they, sh- they shouldn't, hopefully they're not meaning, no- have them listen to the podcast and listen to us talk about Nook. Because... <laughs> And that will prove that Nook is not I mean, good. there's no... What are you replacing with Nook? Like, what what role are you taking with Nook that makes your team good? Because maybe you get a frag, but maybe you don't, and you just die and you're down 4-5 with no utility to use. That That is the problem. That's what I would say to him. Is so when he picks Nook, look at the rest of your squad and say, you know, we could really use a Thatcher. Yeah. Like, I, Nook is the best one to set up for Thatcher. Or we could use some pressure from above or below. Can you please pick a buck instead? Like, just look at it and show him, like, look, every time that you pick Nook, there is an operator that would provide us way more utility yeah. than you're going to get from Nook. For you to pick Nook, there would have to be, like, six picks in the game, six players on the team. <laughs> and, I mean, still, you'd probably pick IQ or Fuse before you pick Nook. <laughs> um, so I, I will say that... The Fuse burn, that was that was Warden rough. is good. It's not because of his SMG-12 ace, um, because, I mean, that's cool, but... That's not why Warden's good. Warden is really good in a few sites, which are mostly basement sites. And then it's really about staying alive as Warden. And like getting an ace of Warden is kind of weird because you shouldn't really be doing that because you shouldn't be peeking stuff like that. You should yeah. be really waiting for really good opportunity as Warden. Yeah. Um, and hearing the smoke should be like a moth to a flame for you. Warden should be there in like a heartbeat. Yeah, totally. On smoke. Um, also, I would say look up his stats with those operators on the Ooh, siege website and yeah. s- to compare his win rate and kill and kill death to similar to other operators that he's played a similar amount of time or operators that he's played a lot more time yep. and has like more real statistics. And I would almost promise you that his win rate with those two operators is less than men others. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. That's going to do it for today. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate your guys' support. You guys are amazing. We love uh, talking with all of you guys in the discord and, and having this huge group of siege friends. It's super fun. Um, you can of course catch us streaming on Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer. I'm Ryguy, W-R-Y-G-U-Y. And I am on the same platforms as just slow with three O's. You can also follow me on Instagram at just Chris Davis. Oh, well, there you go. The Instagram plug. Oh yeah. And follow us on Twitter at R6 Underground. And we will be streaming tonight. Every Wednesday we stream Siege, Wednesday night Siege. So come join us for that. If you can't make a Wednesday, we usually stream Fridays as well. And a lot of times some other night throughout the week. So follow us, turn on those notifications on, on the Twitches and stuff. And you'll find us streaming and it's super fun. Yeah. Just goodbye. Bye.